podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Hello and welcome to Podcast of Lincoln Geek. I am your host, the Podcaster General, the Dan Face. A very tired Dan Face. And I've got no reason for that because we've made the decision to reproduce again. Didn't learn the first time, did we, Pete? No, no, you didn't. I kept telling you, no, you did it once, you didn't need to do it again, but it is what exactly. it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, thank you for uh, joining our little show about board games. Um, we're going to be a bit more general today because for obvious reasons, as I've been on paternity leave looking after a little person, they're not very good at playing board games, really. Uh, no. And it's kind of hard to find the motivation and the energy and the time or anything uh, to actually arrange any board games. So I've been pretty light on board games this month. Uh, so I thought I would just expand it to just a general catch up with my good friend, Pete. We just talk about any geeky stuff we did. And if we did play in games, great. So um, without further ado, Pete, what have you been up to in April? Um, most of the usual stuff, really. Um, obviously, for those of you who do not know, uh, I'm a very big fan of Japanese manga. Uh, mm-hmm. I've gushed about One Piece multiple times in, um, in in previous podcasts. And those who may not know, One Piece has recently entered its final story arc. So after 10,000 years, it's finally going to be coming to an end. And without, <laughs> without going into too much spoiler, uh, spoilers, so generally speaking, manga needs to be ahead of the anime by at least six months. One Piece is about a year to 18 months behind uh, the, the anime that is behind the manga. So mm-hmm. uh, there's general etiquette by manga readers to not spoil what some of the biggest stuff that's happened in the manga. But, oh boy, the last four or five chapters have had some absolutely groundbreaking moments that really build oh, wow. up to the hype of this is the end. And, uh, I mean, the most recent chapter that got leaked, which came out about a week early, mm-hmm. um, had some moments that, as a One Piece fan, has really made me chuffed. Obviously, it's not officially been released yet. Uh, Jap- Japan's got what's called Golden Week right now, which okay. is basically like, like all their, their manga series get, get put on hold for a week. So that came out a week ago. Sorry, it came out, that'll come out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like So the chapter came out early. And, of course, with spoilers, you got to read it as soon as possible. And I'm glad I did. But so it's building chap- up to a, a nice climax, you feel like, um, oh. after, after 10,000 chapters. <laughs> I mean, Oda stated, stated on, in the past that, so there was this, there was a storyline called the Marineford War, where basically okay. uh, the great, the great pirate uh, Whitebeard clashed with the world government to save Luffy's foster brother, um, Ace. Mm-hmm. And that ended quite epically. Um, okay. And it's sort of like sparked the two-year time skip. And Oda has often stated that um, he's got a bigger war uh, war planned for One Piece that's going to make Marineford seem like a um, a, a spat in, in the playground. So <laughs> everything seems to be hinting towards that. Everything feels like it's really building to it. And I feel I think One Piece is probably going to end within the next four to five years. And I cannot wait to see how it ends. It's going to be... That's it's, it's going to be bittersweet, though, as well, because obviously reading One Piece is something I've been doing weekly now since 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why whenever people say, like, oh, I have to wait another week to watch the next episode of Disney+, Plus, I'm like, I've been doing that since 2006. Yeah. And for health reasons, Oda will periodically take breaks. Um, the story goes that supposedly, yeah. uh, at one point, he would wake up at 8 a.m., work on One Piece until 4 a.m., go to sleep, rinse and repeat. 
Um, the the lifestyle of a manga car can be quite heinous from what I've heard. Now, I don't know how true that is, but after the time skip, after the Marineford arc, he was told to go on breaks. So you usually get about three chapters a month and then you get an odor break. And usually the chapter before the break will have some groundbreaking moment and you've got to wait two weeks to see what happens next. And that's assuming he follows up that plot point after two weeks. So, yeah. Oh, but, wow. Um, well, yeah. it's, it's, like, it's good for building uh, patience there, you know, oh, as, yes. a, as a, char oh, yeah. a character trait. Uh, reminds me of, uh, of course, the classic is George R.R. R. Martin. I, too, yeah. have been yeah. waiting about 14 years since the At last least, book. At yeah. Uh, um, like for, for Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, just for people that don't know the author. Uh, of course, there was the TV show, but I... That's just fan fiction in my eyes, <laughs> especially in the latest seasons. I could do a whole podcast talking about that. I, I, my point was, I, I understand, you know, the kind of waiting and the, these people that just have to wait once a week for an episode. They don't know they're born, do they, Pete? They don't know. No, no, no. I mean, heck, in, in the two, in, in the nearly twenty years I've been reading One Piece weekly, I've gone through through two month long breaks. Uh, one after the Marine Ford time skip, and then one last July as he was preparing for his epic um, final story arc. So, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm two months about One Piece is just, it's, 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 it must be like, well, it's, just, it's just, how do you feed that addiction? <laughs> and it's, uh, so since 2006, you've been following this. So it's really going to be the end of an era when it ends for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You'll, have to, you'll have to find another manga. Is there any others you're following very briefly before we move on to another? Um, there uh, are, I'm following My Hero Academia, uh, which uh -huh. is also actually entering its final story arc. But I think the thing is, a lot of people feel like the era of very, very long running manga has come to an end. Like mm -hmm. One Piece, like I said, it's over a thousand chapters, it's over a hundred volumes. Um, the, recently, there's a manga called Demon Slayer that I've been meaning to read. And I think that capped out at like 20 volumes, which is like roughly 200 ish wow. chapters. It feels like a like long-running series like One Piece are a thing of the past. And honestly, I just need to see what seals available. There are a few other manga I want to read. There's one called Spy Family or Spy X Family, which okay. looks very, very interesting. Very, very brief summary. A spy has to, um, has to for, for like world peace, a spy has to has given a mission where he has to enter his child into a, uh, a local school because apparently some political figures, kids there. Problem is, okay. like me, he's a bachelor. So he has to quickly form a family with a random woman and a random child. He basically <laughs> kid well, I don't, want, I don't want to say he kidnaps a child, but he's basically given a child. And from what I understand, it's basically a found family story. Yeah. Uh, what's okay. interesting is that all three of them have unique abilities. The uh, the the guy who's this like top tier James Bond type spy, the woman is a deadly assassin, mm -hmm. and the child is psychic. So all you know, right? so the parents are trying to keep their secrets from the kid, and the kids just read their minds and like, oh, he's a spy, she's an assassin. That sounds That's quite funny. Cool. Yeah. I've only seen the trailer for season one, but I do need to watch. I do need to actually read the manga. I got, I got the first volume. There, there are um, some good. There are some good stories out there. I mean, it, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, I personally haven't touched really any manga. I think I read the Battle Royale mangas a long mm. time ago. But aside from that, I am a filthy casual, so it is interesting um, <laughs> hearing your perspective. I mean, I've read a few comic books, yeah, uh, but, but nothing really going into the uh, the manga side of things. So yeah, interesting points there, uh, Pete. Thank you. Um. Uh, just to go, uh, I mean, I'll quickly just say what I did. I mean, I'm, I'm recording this in my spare room because the games room is full of baby <laughs> rubbish. <at the> minute. <laughs> Hence why I'm in it. I don't have my collection behind me at the minute. Um, this, this, I did actually play a couple of games this uh, uh, this, this uh, month. Um, a game of high strategy and skill. Um, only the most, most 
insane IQ possibly able to comprehend, it was a mousetrap. Classic. <laughs> a game of moving around in a big square and occasionally getting a little uh, kind of cage land on your mouse piece. It was actually quite fun. It was. It's, there's something quite endearing about playing some of the old classic games. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've been trying to um, uh, introduce my son, who's four now, my eldest son. Uh, is is four. I've got another son now. Just <laughs> sons popping out of the woodwork. Um, uh, I've got uh, my eldest is four, so he's kind of starting to get a little bit interested in this kind of thing now. And it's really cool just playing those kind of games. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Um, Mouse trap is just um, you know, we, we we played it me and him, and it didn't go that well because um, literally. Um, if you you move around, I think I'm sure you know the rules of mouse trap. Uh, but if you land on the trap space, you have to pick another player to put under the trap, and then you trigger the trap, which is always the most fun part of the entire game. Yeah. And then it, it lands on them. But when it's only two players, the only person you can pick is the other player. So eventually, my four-year-old started getting very grumpy that I would kept putting him under the. <laughs> So I ended up starting slightly rigging it so I didn't land on the trap space just as much because he yeah, kept getting sent yeah. back to the trap space. Uh, we did actually play a game with um, his uh, grandparents, me, him, and his grandparents. There's four of playing. And that actually went really well because we could pick different people to send mm-hmm. on the trap. And there was a, a slight element of strategy to it. And it was actually quite funny. Yeah, um, cool. uh, yeah it was good. Um, another game we played, um, well, so I played, I played a game called Don't Wait, Dad. Which is kind of kind of kind of fun and using title. Uh, again, it's um, it, the main gimmick is you've got like a little um, little not animatronic, but you know like a little plastic dad mm. that's on like kind of a spring in a bed kind of thing like that, and you have to kind of sneak around the the you're, you're basically you're playing as little kids and you're trying to sneak out of your bedroom and get to the fridge for like a midnight snack like mm. that, and you have to sneak past dad's room where he's sleeping but there's just all sorts of like a noisy um objects which are kind of just printed on the board and like spaces and if you land on them you have to press the um there's like a little alarm clock next to the dad miniature and you have to press it a number of times depending on the object and there's a chance he might pop up and his hat flies off and it, and you have to go back to the start if that happens and of course my, my son found it hilarious and it was all really it's actually really fun as well just I've never seen adverts for that as a kid, but I don't think I ever played it. But I always kind of yeah. wondered how that worked. Yeah. So I always thought it was, I think it's but I always thought it'd be like Pop Up Pirate, where you would put the stores in, but it's a bit random when it would actually go off. But I didn't really have to actually press the alarm clock X number of times. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I could do a podcast on kids' games like this because yeah, yeah, I haven't played them in many years. Yeah. Uh, and then we've been playing these this one. Uh, and yeah, so the uh, the number of times you press it is determined on the item on the space. So there could be like a creaky floorboard, or perhaps some like mm. marbles, or you could step on step on the cat, that kind of thing. And they'd all have like a different number, and um, that's how many times you have to press it. And it's random as to which actual press mm-hmm. wakes up the dad. Uh, there okay. was actually, uh, without talking about don't wake up dad too much, uh, there was actually one clever mechanic really because you start with cards. Uh, you have like it's split between the number of people and they've got like a picture of um uh one of the obstacles on the board so it could be the cat or the green mm-hmm. floorboard or whatever um and uh, if you land on a space you have the card of you can skip it you basically don't press the button uh-huh. but what happens is if you land on the space of something you don't have and you press the alarm and it wakes up dad you then get that card off whoever's got it. So if you get sent to the bag, there's an interesting catch-up mechanic where if you're doing poorly and keep waking up dad, gradually you'll just collect all these cards so you can just skip the uh, steps that you previously failed on. 
it's just it's it's nice it's quite a nice subtle mechanic that's just uh, so we did have like a couple of people that kept triggering dad all the time but they managed to catch up with the leaders really quickly because they could skip the previous mm. bases which was really good um that's actually good i, I haven't really considered too much about rubber banding in uh board games because it's yeah. infamous in mario kart where the different items you will get depending on your position like if you're in first you'll get mostly defensive positions whereas yeah. further back you'll get things like the red shell or the blue shell and mm-hmm. it's actually interesting to hear a board game actually do a, a similar mechanic and that's yeah. probably a really good idea especially for a kid's game um though i think Definitely. there's a few um adult games that we've played that, that could have been phrased better there have been a few grown-up <laughs> games that we've, uh, that we've played that could maybe do with better rubber banding so it's good to think about it yeah that, i mean that could be a topic on its own really like yeah. kind of ca- catching mechanics because uh, there's there's nothing more disheartening than kind of a runaway mm-hmm. leader in games yeah. uh, both for I me mean, i find it anticlimactic when i'm winning if there's just no competition mm-hmm. you can just see your opponent getting more and more demoralized and my, my aim when i'm playing games is for everyone to have fun same, i think I, th- I think winning for me is secondary i mean i'll try to win i won't f- i won't throw the game but i wouldn't i won't I never try to destroy the opponent. Yeah. I, I'd much rather have a, um, a close game. So I, I find it interesting to see what get, what mechanics games can do. I think uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg has a catch-up mechanic as well, doesn't it? Which yes, yes, I think it does. I've not played that in ages, but yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure I think the further further fact back you are, mm-hmm. I think the more bonuses you can get yourself. Because I think if you're further... If I remember correctly, if you're the last, if you're the person in last place, you can get like a small buff... Um, to your starting position on the on the cauldron or something like that, and yeah, I think that's a really good. really good idea. Because, um, like you said, I mean, with, with my fantastic luck stats, I'm kind of used to losing a lot. Um, <laughs> but I will also admit, uh, I, and I, I will admit, there have been times where I feel if I'm losing through frustrating means, I may I maybe sort of slip a little bit into the bad sportsmanship, and yeah, it's something I need to work on. But there have been times where for whatever reason one reason or another i think oh screw this game i'm getting really really annoyed with it um so yeah yeah it's it's something that i think more games definitely need and i think it's good when they try to at least accommodate that yeah i mean it's understandable i mean you've the it it can be frustrating for a series of just bad luck that's nothing to do with Mm. you you just keep having worse and worse things happening and then you have one of the players oh, yeah. just running away so i think it's, it's it's nice when games kind of consider that that everyone's meant to have fun Mm. Um, and if they do some kind of design elements to help players lag behind catch up, then well, the best. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think, of course, the question on everyone's lips is: um, You starting Battlestar this year or next year with him? <laughs> what with, with my eldest? <laughs> yeah, with boy one. Um, I, may, maybe give it another year or two. I think um, talking about sportsmanship, he has, he's not a graceful loser, four year old. There's been a bit of a storming off in the corner with his um, arms crossed. It's classic kind of toddler tantrum. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're working on it. I think it's all normal. It's all normal. I mean, I, I was an infamously bad sport when I was a kid. My parents never liked playing games with me because I used to literally flip the, the boards if I lost. Oh, wow. We're talking about when I was quite young now. Yeah, um, yeah. Like seven, six, seven, that kind of age. I did grow out of it. <laughs> now I only flip a vir- virtual uh, table board. <laughs> same, same. It, it's quite cathartic actually flipping the virtual table board. Um, regardless of, especially if I've lost, like it is very, very cathartic just flipping it. Because um, it means you don't have to worry about picking up um, very, very small little pieces that could easily get stepped on or lost in the carpet. Well, there we go. That was a nice little catch up. I mean, I was just trying to think what else they've played. I mean, have you um, done anything else noteworthy this month you'd like to record for the annuals, Pete? 
Um, the only other thing I really played was um, so I'm very big into fighting games, and I've recently mm-hmm. got into the King of Fighters series. Um, That's cool. We can talk about video released... games too. It's just kind of a general yeah. geek. Oh yeah, Well, I've not played much uh, video games. Um, I'm very much into the AI Somnium series of visual novel games at the moment, uh-huh. which are oh, yeah. a detective series um, where you effectively are trying to solve a murder, and you gain a lot of evidence by going into people's dreams. It's very, very surreal, but I absolutely love it. Um, I gifted Dan the first game, which he has completed. Good good job. It's very and good. I think, I think I'm on the final puzzle of the second game. And um, it looks... So one, one of the big mechanics of the game is that you have six in-game minutes to solve the dream uh, that you're in. And there are various factors that will affect how quickly that time can, can fly by. And there are quite a few times where you'll basically be like two-thirds of the way through all the puzzles and you just run out of time. Uh, in fact, one feature I like about the second game is quite a few of the puzzles actually require to enter, enter the answer. So what I would do is I would go through the puzzle, write down all the answers, then restart the entire thing and cut up like two or three minute chunks of the actual puzzle mm. by just going, oh, the answer is X, X, Y. And the game would be like, how on earth do you know that? I'm like, lucky guess. <laughs> That's um, good. But I, I almost... it... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna... What were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, it's a, it was a great game you recommended to be there. I mean, I, um, mm. especially as I'm getting older, I just kind of appreciate nice, kind of good, structured story games. And yes. uh, I do love the kind of detective genre as well. I, I think it's part of the reasons I like social deduction games so much. I kind of always mm. uh, dream to be the ultimate detective, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so anything where you get like a little uh, puzzle or a crime or anything like that to solve, especially if there's kind of twists and turns, I'm sold on it, and uh, that was that was a great game as well, and a really funny as well, really good sense of humor. Oh, the sense of humor is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say is that it's a very very Japanese sense of humor. It's so. very very Japanese, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, it, and Japanese humor can be quite lewd at times. So, um, yes, yeah. Just bear that in mind if you do play it, which I do recommend. Um, the sequel actually has a few little little bits of Japanese culture that I'll probably have to explain to you when you when you actually get around to playing it. Sure. Okay. Um, it's just it's, it's small things. It's just actually why not? Um, so, for example, I think in in Japan on Valentine's Day, um, it's customary for the girl to give the boy that they like chocolate. Okay. And certain plots of the game takes place around about Valentine's Day, so that's one little thing. So just bear in mind. That's why if you see a character give one another one chocolate, is because that's what they do in Japan. I think then a month later they have what's called White Day, where the guy then has to take a girl out on a date. Um, I only know of this because that was a feat, an element in Persona 5 that I was not expecting, where okay. I think you, if, you, if you've got an in-game girlfriend, she'll give you chocolate on, on Valentine's Day. I, think, I thought, oh, that's nice. And then an in-game month later, it's like, oh, it's White Day. I'm like, what? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Well, the more you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the more you know, which is something you like. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I've just been scanning my brain for what else I played. This, uh, I also played Skull, thinking about it. Uh, I'd my oh, um, some I'd, I'd some fa- I'd some family come over to visit the the new baby, um, and the baby was asleep for pretty much the entire journey, <laughs> the entire uh, visitation period. Uh, so we had a little bit of time to kill. So yeah, brought out skull. Can't go wrong. Very nice. Uh, it was my sister and her husband and my nieces. They came around. Uh, we also played um, Shiro. I can never pronounce it. Shiro of the seas. Yeah, one- Shiro. Shiro. Yeah, the one with the sea monsters. Yeah, we didn't actually play with the sea monsters yeah. though because. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family are filthy casuals. I didn't want to scare them too much, so I just but I just played with other sea monsters. I remember one time I was playing with a friend and uh, actually, no, sorry, a bunch of friends, 
And I, one, I managed to kill a player at the very start of the game because he spawned right next to me. So I put the tower, <laughs> put him right off the map. So he completely missed the game. <laughs> oh, it just, that was a bit bad sportsman-like, I, I kind of, I'll admit. Well, but at least it's a qu- at least it's a quick game, isn't it? I mean, you're talking 15, 30 mm-hmm. minutes tops. This one lasted a while, actually. Did it? Think, yeah, it lasted for a while. One player kept um, having his... Um, his paths go next to the monster. So oh, you play with the monsters? Was, mm. Yeah, he he was like talking about how he people were on like on like, like a cruise. He's like, oh, here's my sea monster cruise. If you look out the starboard window, you can see the sea monster right now. Always oh, love it. But love like he managed to, I think, avoid getting eaten. And I think it was him, myself, and another player for about another. 20, 30 minutes, and then I think I got taken out, and then it was just those two at the end. So I think that game maybe lasted a good 45 minutes to an hour. So, okay, yeah, in retrospect, think... killing the player at the start was a bad idea. <laughs> Probably. Well, um, you know, it's, it's usually a quick game. I suppose the sea monsters add to the time, don't they? I think because they mm. don't they eat up the tiles. So there's, yes, spaces, there's spaces on the board again. I mean, if you play without the sea monsters, eventually mm. you, you will fill up the whole board with tiles. So they're people will be flying off the board in about mm. um, 20, 30 minutes, I usually find, when I play yeah. that game. Um, depending on the number of players, I guess. Um, but yeah, with the sea monsters, they do add a bit of complexity. Not not a lot, but they, they kind of add a bit more strategy. You can kind of clear tiles depending where mm. the sea monsters are going and that kind of thing. Yeah. Fun game. I, actually, I think I played Syrah with the monsters first, so I think I never really considered the possibility of running out of space and tiles. So I think I played the virtual version with you once, the, the mm-hmm. non-monster version. And yeah. I think it was kind of I think it was like neck and neck for a while, and I think we ran out of space. And I believe in one game you flew off the map, and in the second game I flew off the map. And mm-hmm. it was kind of weird because I, I never experienced that version before. Yep, yep, that's the most common way, just falling off the edge of the world. It's a, it was perilous seafaring back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I think that was a pretty good recap. I was worried this was going to be a very, um, uh, very I mean, one we struggle to fill with content, Pete. But it I sounds do like have one good... other thing I could mention. Oh, go on, man, chuck it in there right at the end. So, um, I'm a very, very big fan of Masters of the Universe, as people know. And the mm-hmm. most recent uh, line of the retro-inspired Origins has come up. Much recent wave of the retro-inspired Origins has come out, and mm-hmm. I've managed to acquire all of them for decent amounts of money. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. more than I could have spent, but and I've got with me in front of them one of them right now, a character called Slamurai. Now, okay. what I really like about this character is that he was intended for the uh, Vintage Era. Uh, without going too much into the, into the history of Masters of the Universe, um, they revealed, I think, because I think the, the, the toy line ended around about 1987, but they revealed concept art for a bunch of characters who were going to come out in 1988, uh, and Slamurai was one of them. Now, he's just a, a white recolor of the villain character Ninjor, um, and Slamurai has appeared in other toy lines since, but this is the very first time he's ever appeared in a um, retro style uh, akin to the original vintage era toys. And I'm just a sucker for seeing D-list characters or unproduced characters in his case make mm-hmm. it into the toy line. My only frustration is due to the way he's packaged, his sword is warped, which is oh, really annoying. That there is, I think, it's there. I tried bending it physically myself. I think the trick I need to do is dip it in boiling water, straighten it out, and then dip it into cold water. Uh, that's a common way of sort of like fixing bad plastic. But um, knowing my luck, I'll probably break something. So I'm half tempted to just go. I'll leave it as is. It's not like I'm going to be selling him anytime soon. In fact, it'll probably be whoever um, inherits my collection. I'll be selling him, which might well be your boys, depending on how things go <laughs> in life. We're just, we're just a forewarning about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to clear a spare room to make space. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> um, oh, okay. And you could you could sell that uh, broken uh, kind of bent sword as just a unique feature for your collection, Pete. Yeah, you I do that. could do. Yeah, I, I could just say that. I think I've got another character who has the same sword. So what I might do, I might just swap it out because I think because I've got Ninja who I met, who's a very very rare figure. Uh, mm-hmm. I think his wave was very very. I wasn't wasn't mass produced or wasn't um, just kind of like wasn't didn't hit the shelves quickly enough. But I managed to find a loose one for about forty quid. Great. Arguably a bit more than I would have liked to have spent. But I've got, now got a ninja in my collection, so I might switch out the swords. The only real downside I have with this figure is there's a bit of um, scuffs on the top of his hood. Obviously, being a white figure, mm-hmm. um, for those of you at home, he's like, like like a white figure with some light blue and grey detailing. Uh, any paint app issues stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, um, it is what it is. Particularly as obviously uh, retail isn't really a thing over here for for figures, so it's not like I could just pop into my local um, Tesco and mm-hmm. have a look at the entire wave. In fact, I was in my Tesco's yesterday and I thought, "Oh, see what's in the toy aisle? None of the stuff I collect." Oh well, I mean, I, I could easily go into about the other figures that I've got in this wave because um, I've got two of them unboxed, two of them boxed, and I got an exclusive. But that I, I could easily just spend about half an hour talking about yeah, these. We, so um, we could fill yeah. a whole episode with that, probably, Pete. <laughs> Oh yeah, or oh, I easily could feel a whole episode about them. You're you're, you're well earning your new nickname, the Collector. See, I always think of the um, there's a, there's a Trials of Horror episode where Bart and Lisa gain superpowers. Uh, in fact, Bart's is um, elasticity, similar to Mister Fantastic, and Lisa's okay. is super strength, similar to the Thing. And they fight um, comic book guy who's who's called the Collector. And when they introduce him, they go enter the Collector. It's just just the way they they, they they phrase it is how I always picture whenever I read Pete the Collector on the sides. That could be like your intro music then, you know, when you enter the oh, room. That kind of... Yes. Oh, <laughs> don't. I mean, I was never really big into wrestling as a kid, but I'm not going to lie. I do like a lot of the, a lot of the, the theatrics. theatrics. Yeah, think, you got to appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, well, yeah, Pete, I, I think easily I... get myself... I think we probably should call it there, uh, but I feel that's been a yeah. good recap. Unless you've got any honorable mentions okay. right at the end, very quickly, or are we all good? I mean, not really. I mean, I, I think I, I briefly mentioned I was playing some King of Fighters 15 because they mm-hmm. brought back our fan favorite character, Kim Capuan, who, fun little bit of trivia, um, I used to do a lot of martial arts when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And my main style for a good chunk of my life was Taekwondo, which is uh, Kim's fan oh, yeah. style. So always that. pleased to see a Taekwondo character uh, appear in fighting games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's about it, really. I really need to play more board games. And, of course, we're recording this the day before the 4th of May. And as some of you may know... May the 4th be with you, Pete. <laughs> May the 4th. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you just reminded me, actually. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, just to point out for irony points, I've been playing a lot of uh, more video games at the moment, mainly because I'm just kind of waiting for... Uh, newborn to fall asleep or something. He isn't staring at the screen, just to clarify. So he's just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of rocking him in my arms with a controller like this, or he's, or, or he's, or he's like rest, or like he's resting on my chest or something in a secure position. Uh, and I was playing uh, Infamous Second Son, which I nice. uh, very ironic. I completed Infamous Second Son while holding my Second Son. So <laughs> it was all it was good for irony points. Oh, well, absolutely. I feel like. We should cap it off there, Pete. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, always fun always to chat. Um, I'd like to thank all of you at home or walking the dog, doing the dishes, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening to our little show about board games and other geeky stuff. I expanded it this episode. Um, thank you for your time, everyone. And as always... What about all the links and stuff? Oh, I forgot the plugs. We don't have the pluggers, Pete. What, what are we going to do? No. Um, so we're on MySpace, right? Yeah, and you can contact us via Carrier Pigeons. Um, and you, if you need our site, we're available as Jeeves, if you could search for us on that. 
you can find us. Don't we have a, a, a live journal as well somewhere? We probably uh, I'm pretty do. sure we need to update that tomorrow. We probably do have live journal. Uh, we also have a, another website, and you, you know, don't worry about it. It's uh, www.dolg.com. I don't UK, maybe. Uh, or you can find us on diaryofalincolnkeek.com. Uh, uh, Chris does all the usual TikTok, TikToks, Instagrams, all that kind of thing. Facebook, my, my face, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and, you can, of course, we have a Discord, which is the only one I actually uh, look after, which is why it's the only one I know anything about, <laughs> uh, where you can find us and chat to us and, you know, ask any requests or topics or questions, pop on them, we'll do what we can. Uh, I think that pretty much covered it, Pete. Yeah, I think that's all the plugs. Um, we, we, got, we got the MySpace out there. We got the live journal out there. We've got the important the stuff. Ones. Yeah, we got yeah, the important yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, well, we better sign this up before Chris sends a hitman after us. So no I'm going to go now, and uh, everyone, always be game. Bye. Speak soon. Bye.